0: hello
1: hello hello
0: how's it going
1: good pretty good
0: it's been a hot minute
1: it has been that's
0: what happens when it's freaking the holiday season and people get sick Mm-hmm. just a disgrace to the consistency of our podcast yes but here we are we're back
1: and we're all mostly better
0: mostly i'm right. still pretty sick If I'm, not, I'm gonna be honest that's fair yeah are you healthy, Sid?
2: Uh, I have a headache a little bit, but other than that, mm, par I'm, for the course. I'm pretty good,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> this is it, folks. No more preamble. No more delaying the moment. Hello and welcome to episode fifty of oh, yeah. We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, what? the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be others where other people watch movies and then talk about them, but this is the only one where we do it. My name is Andrew Westensko. I am the host of this year' podcast, joined at my right hand in life and in all things by Becca. Hi. And to my left and Becca's right, due to the circular nature of our table, is Sid. Hey. How are you? Pretty good. Good. Today, we will be discussing uh george miller's 2015 hit documentary film (laughs) destroying the patriarchy yes um it's a documentary about a ragtag group of rebels who one by one take down the uh overbearing old white men who are ruining their lives yes so yeah it's pretty great very relevant yep um
1: But it'd be so cool if it was. (laughs) Would it?
0: It'd be really sad, though. It'd be like a huge loss of human life.
1: Well, yeah, there's that, too. But also, a guitar. It's super cool. (laughs) Connected to a flamethrower.
0: That's fair enough. Uh, No, today we're talking about Mad Max Fury Road. We pondered and we prayed and we discussed what movie should we do for episode 50 of the podcast.
1: And then we just pulled the shelf. And then we decided on (laughs) when to watch Mad Max.
0: (laughs) So that's that.
2: It was divine revelation, you know? Had to be. I was guided
1: to pull this off
0: the shelf. We were inspired to watch Mad Max Fury Road today.
1: It's a good movie for episode 50.
0: It is a good movie for episode 50. I'm very pleased with our choice.
1: For everything. (laughs)
0: we come back next week so it's like for episode 51 guys i was thinking we could do mad max fury road (laughs) i have a lot more to say on it (laughs) um no but it's a good movie and we're excited to talk about it um so let's get right into it right all right here's how the show works folks right off the top we're gonna have some hot takes that's our condensed opinion spoiler free on the movie followed by our in-depth freaking spoilery discussion <laughs> and good save there. yeah right um and then after we talk about all the spoilers sid has plenty of good imdb movie trivia for you today she read every single item so that you don't have to and she'll give you the best of the best and finally uh, we'll give our closing thoughts and we will place this movie on the Weston scale. The only definitive way to rank a movie on a scale of one to 10. And that's that. Then we'll get into some other topics. I've watched some exciting movies in the last three weeks since we recorded. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that you all have too.
1: I haven't. If we can just skip me. Okay. That's fair.
0: <laughs> We've been very busy lately. Yes. But that's all right. Um, so let's jump in with some hot takes. Don't burn yourself on these hot takes. Becca, how hot is your hot take?
1: It's pretty hot. Spicy hot take. Mm -hmm. Um, this movie is amazing. I don't know why it took me so long to watch it. Every time we watch it, Andrew talks about how I wouldn't go see it with him in the theater when it came out. But I just like, I wasn't into movies then, so... Give me a break.
0: I'm just not in the mood for it. Shut up. <laughs> every single time. Every time I asked.
1: I don't even remember. That was so long ago.
0: It's four years.
1: Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> I don't remember everything I said four years ago. I remember this. Okay. Right. <laughs> anyway, this movie is amazing. I love just how like, absurd all the characters are. And they're just wacky and... I think that's what makes it work so well is that like everybody is just so exaggerated. Um, And I love, of course the colors in this movie are just phenomenal and the action is amazing. Like there's not a lot that I can say I don't like about this movie. It's so easy to just like start watching it and get so engaged and so involved in it. And then suddenly it's over and you don't really want it to be over because it's so good. So that's my hot take. I love it. And I want to talk about it more.
0: Right on. Sid, how hot is your hot take?
1: Mine's
2: pretty darn hot. One would say as hot as the exhaust flames coming out of every car in this movie. <gasps> that hot. And all the explosions.
0: Double spicy hot oh, take.
2: It's pretty hot. Um, okay, so I'm being 100% serious and not dramatic at all when I say this is probably the coolest movie ever made. <laughs> um, it's just, I remember watching it for the first time and just like being blown away that it's just, it's so ridiculous and it, so much of it doesn't make sense, but in the world of it, everything makes sense. Um, like as soon as you get used to what you're actually thrown into and what you're watching just you take everything is like oh yeah that's totally fine like you could totally just kick tom hardy and he's gonna flip <laughs> up onto another card <laughs> of course that's gonna happen um yeah i just uh it's so good and i just um i just re-watched a video i watched a while ago about um like five brilliant moments in action movies um and they talked about uh the linear nature of the movie and how this is something that's kind of been bothering me lately where like in my film class, we talked about um, just linear narrative and like, we kind of talked about it with Logan where it just kind of feels like, Oh, they run for a little bit. The bad guys catch them. They run for a little bit. The bad guys catch them, you know? And I, I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me, but I just watched star Wars for the first time this last week. And I was really bothered by that. Where
0: Star Wars is not very good.
2: <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I do definitely feel like I would, it was detrimental for me to watch it at 24. Sure. Um. But, yeah, I was just really bothered by it. It's just, like, there didn't really seem to be, like, an, an overarching plot to it. It was just kind of like, oh, they're hiding. Oh, no, they found them. They got to run. They're going to blow up their ship, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this video really explained that, like, Everything that happens has a purpose, where, like, um, Max shoots uh, one of the wives in the legs and uh, she starts bleeding, and that's one of the reasons why she dies, because she slips on the blood from that that shot, and it just, I don't know, just everything comes into place so perfectly, and the callbacks are so great, and this movie is, oh my gosh. So
0: good. Have you seen any of the other Mad Maxes? I haven't actually. Neither have I. I really want to. Who is it that plays Mad Max in those? It's uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, that's he- right. Wow. That's a person.
2: <laughs> that, that is <laughs> a person.
0: Got to love Mel Gibson, right? <laughs> do you remember do you remember a few years ago when he tried to be like Hey guys, let's forget that I'm like actually super anti-Semitic. And he made uh, what was that movie Hacksaw Ridge? Hacksaw Ridge, yeah.
2: Also, remember when he was like super anti-Semitic, and then he directed a movie about the most famous Jewish person being crucified? Yeah. What's that all about?
0: <laughs> but uh, Hollywood was like yay mel gibson you're back we like hacksaw ridge and even i said at the time uh, and this is uh, probably less of a hot take than saying star wars is not very good hacksaw ridge is a bad movie it's just not a good movie it's manipulative and it's exploitative
2: it's it's cool the violence is cool but it's just not that
0: well yeah it's hyper violent great good job mel gibson you can make it look like you're really shooting a japanese guy in the head Like, I have many issues with Hacksaw Ridge. Mainly, here's the thing. I'm going to do this for 30 seconds here because Hacksaw Ridge (laughs) is a bad movie and people need to understand why. Hacksaw Ridge as a movie is about, uh, the message of it is Andrew Garfield is anti-conflict, right? He wants to serve his country and be patriotic because for some reason we should just inherently want to do that. Um, and... So he wants to help the war, but he refuses to hurt anybody because they're human beings and God loves them. And he like superhumanizes the enemy and makes us, you know, feel for them and everything. And then the last hour of the movie is just like Japanese bad kill. Like it it just like completely flips on its own narrative and its own message and totally dehumanizes and minimalizes the struggle of the Japanese. When, like, the entire purpose of the movie is, like, no, like, no matter which side of a war you're on, there's just human beings on the other side. And then the, and then the last hour of the movie is just, like, nope, hyper-violent, bad Japanese, man. Like, it's just so stupid. It's such a bad movie. <laughs> and the fact that Andrew Garfield was nominated that very year for Best Actor for Hacksaw Ridge and Not for Silence is a freaking travesty. That's it. Andrew Garfield had a really good movie come out that year and all it was nominated for was one award and it didn't even win it. Silence is one of the best movies of the decade.
1: <laughs> Back to the movie we're currently talking about.
0: Mad Max is freaking dope. <laughs> um, this movie is great uh, with like six R's, right? Like this is such a freaking awesome movie. Um, I feel like I was just like cackling the entire time because just everything that happened and like we had this discussion during the movie. But basically, it's like, um, you know, something seems illogical, but then the producers or directors or writers or whatever just ask themselves like, yeah, but it would, would it be more awesome if this happened? And if the answer was yes, they're like, yep, throw it in. Like, <laughs> it's like they just sat down and they were like, what's the most awesome movie that we can possibly make? And can we make every single moment more awesome than the last?
1: It works because everything is that absurd. Like, it's not just like once or twice that something wacky happens. It's like consistently Mm -hmm. just a wacky, awesome movie.
0: Yeah, but it's it's, at the same time, it's not even like it's. uh, There are some movies where, like, my imagination of the writer's room is like they just sit down with a pile of cocaine. And the rule is that you just can't say no, right? And you end up with, like, these really wacky movies that are, like, off the wall and crazy and stuff, right? But this one, like, behind the wackiness, there's a ton of thought put into everything. Mm -hmm. Like, the world itself is so well thought out and fleshed out Mm -hmm. and consistent. And you're not beat over the head with it. It's the rules of the world and the culture and all of that are taught to you mostly just via context clues. But it, it the world is so thought out and it's such an intelligent movie because everything is so, I guess, like laser focused on just like hitting that pleasure center of your brain over and over and over and over again. And they do that for two hours and it never stops being awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a great approach to a movie. It's the same way that like the new mission impossible's work and john wick works like it's just it's like here's 2 hours of you going oh you know what i mean like <laughs> and who's not going to enjoy that
2: but yeah they're definitely smart about it where like if you take away like the cool violence there's still like an engaging story behind it oh 100% where other action movies you take away the violence and it's it can get super boring Um, but yeah, like I, like I said, like, as soon as you, like, I remember watching this for the first time and I was weirded out by it. I was just like, I have no idea what's going on. This is insane. What's happening. But as soon as you just like settle into it, you're buying into everything and you, you love everything. And I love everything about this movie.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's really like more than decent character development and like, Max and Nux have really satisfying arcs, Um, Furiosa does as well, she's more of like the backbone of the film, rather than what changes in it, which I think works really well, Um, yeah just everything about this movie is so freaking cool, so shall we get into it?
2: Yes, yes.
0: All right Sid, kick us (laughs) off then. Pick something you like about the movie and talk about it.
2: I love so much of it. I think probably one of the things that we just kind of got to get out of the way and one of the best part is just the practical effects mm-hmm. and how so it's just so cool. Like I was talking to um Austin the other day when we were watching um Star Wars and like they've um redone some of it and like added in like cgi to it
0: yeah it's terrible
2: it looks so bad (laughs) but even if it looked good like i still wouldn't like it well sure i'm i'm a huge fan of practical effects um and it just it just makes it feel more real and more grounded um it like it just adds an extra weight to the story where it's like this is actually happening like someone could actually get hurt So, if it's just a green screen, then it just feels like there's no danger in it, basically.
0: Um, Well, and our eyes are perceptive enough to be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have the best CGI in the world, but, like, if you really flip a car, we're going to be able to tell that you flipped a car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, that kind of dedication to the effects just pays off so freaking heavily in this movie.
2: Yeah. And, like, like I love marvel movies but they are very heavy-handed with the the cgi and like not saying that i don't connect with them but it just it doesn't feel like there's as much weight to the fight scenes especially i mean like of course in the in the big fight scenes like with thanos it feels um scarier but it's just nothing feels like it has any real consequences to it
0: well and i think that um this has as much to do with the editing as it does the practical effects and this film did win the academy award for best editing um yeah it did it won six academy awards really it's crazy it won pretty much all the technical ones that year so like sound design uh production design makeup and hairstyling well
2: deserved it was nominated for 15
0: yeah it did
1: that's insane we're gonna have
0: we're gonna have a time where we're gonna go down the list and we're gonna say which oscars it should have won that it didn't (laughs) (laughs) okay um but here we go so i think that like i said i think that has as much to do with the editing as it does the practical effects because there's so many of these like just little tricks to make you feel the weight of all the impacts whether it be like punches or the crashing of the cars or and they do it so many times and it never stops being effective where they do that like super quick zoom on two things coming together. Like every time that two cars crash, they just like speed, it's like they speed up the footage a little bit and you just like and they hit. And every time that there's a fist fight, right? Especially the ones, the one between Furiosa and Max is the one that I noticed it the most. Like every time that a hit lands, the camera almost like pulses and like you feel the hits every single time. Everything feels weighty
1: that's a cool observation i noticed that looking back but i didn't catch that
0: yeah so i think that it's a mixture of the practical effects and just the editing of it and how they string it all together Mm -hmm. and the fact that like because the effects are practical they're able to show so many of these uh things from different angles right and so we get a car flipping And you literally just go to a different camera. It's not like they had to re-render it from another angle. Like we literally have the exact same car crash just being filmed by a different camera. And we can tell like the consistency, even just subconsciously, like we perceive that and the consistency serves to bring us further into the world of the film.
2: I think kind of going along with that, I think the sound editing is really great too. I mean, it it won the award for it. Um, but it like, it doesn't feel like it's just some people in a studio just like slapping some things around in a microphone. It really feels like these people are getting just smacked in the face and just like being down and it just, everything just feels so real. And it really like, it intensifies how awesome it is. And it also just like makes you really feel what's happening.
0: Well, and they do a lot of things to I feel like temper out some of the extreme wackiness. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of things where people behave like people. So like I'm thinking of the when Nux gets off of a Morton Joe's car and onto the war rig and the first thing he does is trip on his chain. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got a chain hanging from you that yeah. it's probably gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Um or like, you know, everybody's thirsty all the time and um
2: Tired. They need sleep every once in a while.
0: Yeah, like they do a lot to make the characters act like people, even as they're being just completely and totally ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. And also, I-, I was thinking during one of the one of the fight scenes in the one of the f- first sequences in the movie when Max is trying to escape all the um what are the, the...
0: the war boys Ro-
2: war boys um and it's like all jumpy because they they took out like every third frame in that
0: oh for real Uh that's cool
2: yeah so they like it made it look like really frantic and um just disjointed and it's awesome and but i was thinking i was like if they tried to put that more in the movie i think it would become obnoxious so i think they used really cool techniques but they use them sparingly so it's not just like overloading you the whole time because i think that would have been really detrimental
0: that's interesting yeah that's cool. Oh, I thought you were going to say something more.
1: <laughs> Sorry, no.
0: It's cool, and that's all. <laughs>
1: it is cool. This is a cool movie.
0: It's such a cool movie. Oh, um, but I think, as well, the balance that they have of when they decide to do the visual effects. I think of like the dust storm. Yeah. That's such a freaking amazing oh. shot. That like big wide angle of them driving into the dust storm oh, is so, so gorgeous. And like that shot at the end when Nux crashes the war rig and the freaking uh steering wheel flies out and we go into the mouth of the steering wheel. Like that's so freaking cool.
2: Like it it's definitely pretty gimmicky. Oh, for sure. But just kind of the way that the movie owns its absurdity, you're just you're totally fine with it. Yeah. Another movie you're like, that's so stupid, but this one you're like That's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's like what makes it all work is that everything, every single thing is extreme. And so it feels, I mean, like we mentioned already, it still feels grounded, but like because everything's extreme, everything's acceptable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. And I kind of want to go back as well. Cause I feel like so much of this ties into the screenplay and the world building that takes place in it. I think of things like when they get out there and they're like, Oh, we're going to cross the salt for 160 days. And like, we're not told, but it's like, Oh, the oceans have dried up. You know what I mean? And like, um, I don't know. That's the first example that's coming to my head, but like little things like that, where, or even like the idea of, like, the weird religion of the War Boys, yeah. like, the mixing of uh, Valhalla and, like, writing in shiny and chrome and yeah. the witnessing and everything like that. Like, none of that is explained to us. It just yeah. kind of happens, and it we we perceive as we go, it. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely... the That can be the biggest turnoff for a lot of people is that they just don't explain anything. And, like, they do in, in subtle ways and through subtext, but... Um, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool how they just throw you in and they like are pretty much like, I like I don't care if you don't get it. Like even if you don't get it, it's still going to be pretty awesome.
0: Well, yeah, because that's the other thing is you can watch it and not get any of that and still just like, you know, be like it, it, totally rock hard the entire movie. Like <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. everything that's happening is just awesome.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like even this is probably my... Th- or fourth time seeing it i feel like i've somewhat of a grasp on like the underlying context of it but even then like i don't know how it factors into the whole movie where like i'm still confused on like what valhalla is and how does it more and joe play into it but it's still it just adds a cool element to it
0: i think valhalla is to them just like their version of heaven because right. Nux says to the redhead he's like what does he say like I should be feasting with the greats of our time and yeah. stuff like that I think it's just their version of heaven yeah
2: I mean like I, I definitely understand some of it but it's still kind of like is this like something that Immortan Joe made up to like get them oh, to kind of okay. play more into gotcha. him and what he wants or is this like a, like does everyone believe in this you know like do mm-hmm. the just like people who live at the Citadel believe in it or is it just the war boys
0: gotcha yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I love how every piece of this movie feels like machinery, right? Like even the Citadel, it's like living, breathing. There's always gears cranking and um, chains moving. And then you get out there and it's all, you know, it's obviously it's all vehicles. And like everything is so mechanical. It's just a consistent design decision that I think really pays off.
1: And even like people's clothing is all very mechanical Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of soft fabric except for what the wives are wearing yeah
2: there's the one guy who's got like the um, parliament wig that's made out of bullets. which is amazing (laughs) like that's so cool and it's yeah it really just integrates that machines are like everything to these people and like the people who don't have it are kind of like the people who aren't in power like the people who just live at the citadel or the wives like it feels like the machine is like, machine is power.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point.
1: And then I love seeing the contrast of there's only a few scenes where you get to see like the green and the plants and all of that and the water and how it's just all like in one area up on the top of the mountain, kept from everybody. And it just feels so different from everything else that we see and so exclusive. Almost. And
0: the colors of it just pop so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bullet wig guy does give me my favorite moment of the entire movie, (laughs) which is after he gets blind, and he's (laughs) shooting his guns in the air. (laughs) I am the scales of justice. (laughs) It's just so completely overdramatic. Like, total white dude with too much power (laughs) self-importance like
1: and another thing with that that I noticed is that every character almost has a different accent that's like super unique to that character and it just makes it more dramatic and more out there because you can't place anyone no one's from the same place yeah yeah I was I picked up on that um this time
2: where it's I mean, kind of like, uh, oh, what's it? it's the Stalin one that came out last year.
0: Death of Stalin? Yeah, that one. Where Such it's a just freaking like, great movie.
2: Um, people from all over the world just, like, shove together. They're all supposed to be Russian, but they don't talk. They don't have accents or anything. Yeah,
0: they all just use yeah. their regular accent. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it, like, it just kind of, you just take it as it is. And this one, you're like, well, like, it doesn't really seem like people are, like, moving here from different places. So, it It kind of just doesn't make sense, but it's also, like, you're just like, okay, that's how it is.
0: Death of Stalin is such a freaking treat of a movie. It is
2: a really great movie.
1: But even, like, Max's accent is so... I don't even know what it is. He's supposed to be Australian. Is he? Yeah.
0: He just mutters. I
2: know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah.
2: Yeah, because the the character of Max is Australian. One of the trivia was that... um, no, Australian has actually played Mad Max. Who is Australian? But
0: isn't I thought Mel Gibson was Australian? No,
2: I'm pretty sure he's American. Remember, he was in The Patriot. He was Australian? born in. Oh, no, was born in
0: Peek-Sill, New York. <laughs> Why did I think he was Australian? You guys can have him, Australia, if you want. <laughs> we don't want him anymore. Um, let's see what else
1: I do want to say I don't know I just think the opening scene is so perfect like it just sets up the movie so well where you just get this like landscape view of everything and Max is just like standing in front of his car like it's just like so drastic and so immediately immerses you into the world mm-hmm. that It sticks with you. Like, I was honestly thinking about that opening scene the entire time. Like, also enjoying the movie, of course. But, like, I don't know. It just amazes me that, like, one scene can do and say so much.
0: It is cool. And you get the two-headed lizard and Uh he stomps it and then immediately eats it. And I guess you get introduced to kind of his inner demons as well, Mm -hmm. which kind of play and I like there's so much that this movie doesn't do that is so smart. They don't have some big confessional scene where he sits down with Furiosa and he's like my wife and daughter and they were killed by machines and I promised to protect them and now I'm sad because of it. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's no like inkling of romance between him and Furiosa. Like this movie just it doesn't do so many things that it could do that would just distract from what it is. Which is just, again, just two hours of you going, oh! Like,
1: <laughs> like, the emotional climax that we get is when he says, my name is Max. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah.
0: Well, because he's opening up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, but, like, to your point, like, that feels like a big deal, you yeah. know, because of this world. And it's enough, you know, like, we don't need him to open up because just him saying that yeah. kind of says it.
0: Yeah. Well, and even, like, I think just as much the way that he says i'm so sorry when he like
1: when he stabs her how many he
0: stabs her yeah. to save her life
1: oh yeah yeah
0: just like that character moment for him of opening up yeah and then he doesn't go on to like rule with her yeah she goes up the elevator and he stays down and goes who knows where even though it was his plan
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: but i also think it like that's Oh, actually, one of the things that I read in the trivia is that they intended for Max to go up there, but kind of through the movie, um, this was shot in sequence, too. Um, Tom Hardy went to George Miller and just said, like, I don't think that Max would would go up there. And it's just like, it doesn't feel like his character would want that. And it makes sense for him to not go up there.
0: Yeah. Good guy, Tom Hardy. Can we talk about how much he looks like Channing Tatum in this movie? He looks a lot like Channing Tatum in this movie, and I don't think they look that that alike.
2: I think he's Mm. he's hotter than
1: Channing Tatum. Yeah.
0: Well, sure, but not by much.
2: Just more
1: like rugged handsome.
2: Yeah. They both got like the nice lips too. We are just objectifying. (laughs) Wow.
0: They're they're snacks. Both Channing Tatum and Tom (laughs) Hardy are total snacks. All right, we all know that. (laughs) Um let's see what else do we want to talk about favorite moments I talked about mine
2: I think my favorite moment at least my favorite shot is in like the last um, the last chase where it's like it, it like focuses on Max and then like the music like just goes away and then you see like the guys on the poles oh, start yeah, crossing. yeah. that is oh my gosh that part I can't even explain how cool it is and every time i watch it i feel like i miss it i always think it's in the first chase sequence and then it's it's just there and i'm like oh my gosh like let's just say if i were a boy you could tell how excited i would be (laughs) (laughs) it's so cool
0: well and it's amazing that they're able to introduce these elements like the polecats early on and hold off on the really awesome stuff until the end like it's, like, they made just a quantified list of how awesome each shot was, and that's how they decided to sequence the movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think, kind of, going back to the uh, the YouTube video that I watched prior to this, um, they talk about how, in, like, some movies, when it feels like they're all, like, there's one protagonist and all the bad guys are coming at them at once, but they're, like, just, like, taking turns fighting each other. Mm-hmm. That's not really how this feels. Like, it feels like... Um, like, it makes sense for them to only be fighting, like, a few at a time. And then they get rid of those guys, and then there's another one to replace them. Yeah. And so, like, it kind of feels like, yeah, they show the, the pole guys early on, but they don't really get their shining moment until later. And it's just, oh, my gosh. So cool. So
1: good. I don't think I can choose, a, a, like, one favorite scene. I kind of just want to watch, like, back-to-back back every, like, wide-angle shot of anything that's happening like starting from the very beginning to any time it shows like the whole war party driving to the dust storm to just like every place that they go it's just like so pretty and I don't know every every single time it had one of those shots it just like really set the stage well so I want to see just like all of them back to back like the whole movie in two minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure that that there's probably somebody who's done that out there. Yeah,
2: probably. probably
0: You know what I want to see? There's a black and chrome version of this movie.
2: That sounds amazing.
0: That I would like to see. I think that would be cool.
2: This is like the one movie where, like, if I had the chance to watch any movie in IMAX again, this would be it. Because I never even got to see this in theaters.
0: Same.
1: Stop blaming me. I didn't know how cool it was going to (laughs) be.
0: i can still blame you for your ignorance no watch me i'm doing it right now calm down i'm doing it right now
2: stop there's a top 10 best goosebump shots in fury road
0: who what do we got
2: um let's see oh
0: no is it when we have to click through
2: no it's like a youtube video
0: okay well
2: um okay first one is the guy who just got shot with the arrows and he jumps off and that's that's oh, yeah. so cool because that one is like it first introduces you to like the witness me
1: in the yeah spray. yeah and it, oh, it's so cool and then the next one i forgot about the spray there's so many yeah. little things like that that are just like like cultural things that they do that are, again are not explained but they're just cool
0: <laughs> that has gotta be bad for your teeth though right
1: oh yeah I don't think they're too
2: concerned about their health, well, yeah, they're already all half dead, so
0: that's another thing the half life the idea of the half life and I didn't pick up on it until this time, but when they refer to their half life, they're just talking about their life, yeah because mm-hmm. what they say is you know I live, i die, I live again, so they're saying this life is half of my life, it's yeah. my half life
2: The next life is Valhalla, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, it's kind of cool. it's cool, it's sad, yeah. But it, like, also seems like these guys are going out to war, but, like, they also have to make sure to pack these little spray cans. <laughs> like, it just, it's, I don't know. It just seems, I really notice it this time, and I'm like, that seems pretty impractical.
1: Especially as he's, like, holding to... Yeah. He's the like, vine. here, spray me, bud. <laughs> yeah, <I'm>
0: like, <laughs> um, I mean, on top of that, it's just, it. like you mentioned at the beginning, it is always satisfying to see a story about the patriarchy getting taken down
1: yes it is
0: so i mean i don't know that there's like a whole big long discussion to be have had dissecting themes of this one Mm -hmm. this is just a movie that is pure entertainment Mm -hmm. and it's a piece of entertainment that could only be made in film Yeah. Mm -hmm. which is pretty incredible
2: like there is definitely a theme to it, and I feel like you could some people could really dissect it and get into it. But I feel like it's pretty straightforward in this one, and I feel like it's also it's it benefits from it where it's just kind of like these men are ruling over these women. We gotta get them out, and that's like pretty much it. And let's kill all the all the white old men. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and it just kind of expresses Eat the, rich, right? the same pitfalls that humankind has always had. It's just like. The powerful trying to stay more powerful and more rich mm-hmm. and dominating and oppressing everybody else. Yeah. And that's just same old, same old, yeah. but in a cooler story.
0: Yeah, I guess on that note and jumping back to kind of the, the character design and stuff like that, I love how heavy they lean into like the villains are just the, like you look at them, you're like, that's an evil dude. Oh, yeah. And Ward Joe has this like crazy overly complex bit of armor. Yeah. And he just looks disgusting. <laughs> the, and
2: the one guy has nipple rings. And... Yeah, he
0: just sits there and rubs his nipples while they're all <laughs> talking. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing ever.
2: Yeah. One thing um that I've seen like on Reddit, like movie details, is what they did with Nux is as he like becomes more human and like joins the, the good guys, his white skin makeup powder um like slowly comes off i noticed like, that yeah this like time. he is becoming more human so the makeup is coming off it's interesting
0: it's cool nicholas holt kills it in this oh, this yeah. was the first thing i'd seen him in really yeah i think
2: he was in like the x-men movies and oh really yeah like the not the original x-men but sure
0: the,
2: like, origin ones
0: who does is, is, is he beast, beast yeah oh, that's right Yeah. Oh, that's a lie. I had seen Warm Bodies. I just forgot that I had seen it.
2: I actually really like that movie. It's a really good it's a movie. Good
0: it's decent. Yeah. Ew, he's in Clash of the Titans.
2: Ooh.
0: He's in a movie called Kidulthood. What? A day in the life of a group of troubled 15-year-olds growing up in West London. Kidulthood
2: wow amazing name
1: so creative (laughs) jeez all
0: right i
2: remember watching a trailer for this one movie or tv show and it was about the fbi and then like at the end they like gave the title and it was fbi and i was like (laughs) like, wow that's so great where did you think they came up with that name i thought it was amazing
0: (laughs) hey guys we're gonna make a movie about the fbi wow what's it gonna be called
2: hold on hold on listen to this fbi (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ugh, so stupid.
0: Um <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about the Academy Awards here because this movie was nominated for a very good chunk of them. And it won a good amount.
2: Oh yeah. But definitely deserves the ones that it won.
0: Let's talk about let's talk about the best picture nominees this year. And I want to tell you how many, I want you to answer me how many of these movies that you remembered existed. Okay. Like
2: at the time of 2000? Right
0: now. So like before, before I, I mean, you're reading the list right now, but basically before you looked at this list, did you remember that Bridge of Spies was a movie? No. How about Brooklyn? Kind of. Spotlight? Yeah. Room? Uh Uh-huh. The Big Short? eh not really (laughs) we did an episode i know i know (laughs) the martian yeah the revenant yeah so we're looking at this i always like to look back a few years and see which movies actually had staying power
1: Mm -hmm. i was gone for half this year i just want to (laughs) say and like not involved in the world so
0: that's that's fair so you're not the best metric i guess yeah bridge of spies nobody has talked about that movie um Brooklyn and Br- Brooklyn I literally saw and then forgot that I saw
2: I think that one's a fine movie it's pretty good but it's just a, I don't know yeah it doesn't have too much staying power to it
0: yeah uh Room is enjoyable uh-huh. it was my favorite movie of the year at that time yeah um, I loved Room it's really good but it's fallen off with me mm-hmm. um I mean
1: I just watched it for the first time like last year yeah.
0: The Martian is quite good. And I feel like that one does get talked about a decent mm-hmm. amount. Yeah, It's been memed a lot and that's how you have staying power. The Revenant obviously gets talked about a yeah, ton. Yeah, of course. The Big Short, win- or not the Big Short, Spotlight, winner of Best Picture. That's one that I feel like hasn't had a lot of staying power, which yeah. is sad because it is a really good movie. It is very good. And it's an important story to tell. But I guess my point is that out of all of these, I think Mad Max and The Revenant have had the most staying power. People are talking about Mad Max all the time. Yeah. And how freaking amazing it is! It's like Mad Max and Paddington Two, man. Are the two movies that the internet just will not forget.
2: <laughs> don't you ever forget it? It's like the Alamo,
0: right? But don't forget. But like, have you noticed that on Reddit specifically? Yeah. Like, it's all just it, Mad Max and Paddington Two, are in like every other thread on our movies.
2: Me and Austin had an argument the other day about because he doesn't have any ten out of tens. Just it's. <sighs>
0: I have opinions about that.
2: Yeah. So do I. We we got into it. Um, but he was like, I've never seen a perfect movie. And I'm like, because you haven't seen Paddington 2. <laughs> <laughs> he, he won't listen to me.
0: Here's the thing. Being stingy with your tens, I don't see the point.
2: I don't really see it. Because pretty much like a movie that he rates a nine... That's like a 10, yeah. kind of in his on his scale. Yeah. So I just don't get it. As soon as he
0: gave Parasite an 8.5, I, I was know. like, all right, you have no bearings. Like, He's well, like, it's an eight point five, my favorite movie of the year. I'm like, know. what are you
2: I'm like, "Well, you're never coming back to the podcast? Yeah.
0: Um, but why would I here's the thing. When I sit down to watch any movie, literally any movie that I sit down to watch, I'm like, I hope this is a 10. Yeah. I I would love it if every single movie in the world was a ten out of ten. Because then I would only watch ten out of tens. You know what I mean? Like, there's no point in being stingy with your tens.
1: (laughs) Which is why you have, like, a bunch of them. Yeah, I got a bunch of them.
0: There's a lot of movies out there. In the grand scheme of things, sure. I have a pretty small percentage. But, like, yeah, I've probably got 15 or 20 Mm -hmm. movies that I would consider tens. You know how many movies I've seen? I've seen, like, 200 movies this year.
1: That's so many movies. (laughs) You
0: know what I mean? Like, forget about it. Like... I should, I want every movie to be a 10 out of 10. And, um, yeah, I don't know. People, you can rate things a 10. It doesn't make you weak. <laughs> um, but I think this would have been so cool for it to win Best Picture, honestly. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been so cool. It would have been just like a boss move on the part of the Academy, because it would have kicked off a really good run, um... Because the the following year is when we got Moonlight, mm-hmm. and then we got Shape of Water, and then yeah,
1: and then we'll just stop talking. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna start crying if we don't stop
0: talking. <laughs> but point being, what was the 2015? 2015 was Birdman. Mm-hmm. 2014, I think, it was Argo. Oh, 12 Years a Slave, and then. Argo. 2013 was Argo. Yeah. Point being, this movie uh, maybe should have won Best Picture.
2: Yeah. I okay. mean, I do think that Spotlight is plenty deserving of it. I think it's great. Yes. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard because it's kind of hard to know like what movie is still going to be talked about in a few years.
0: It's true. It's hard to guess relevancy.
2: Um, But... I do, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Fury Road, so that's kind of, I'm pretty biased in that, in that area.
0: It's true. Um, Let's see. Do you know what the other travesty of this year is? There's two things going on here. One, Mad Max didn't win enough Academy Awards. Yep. Two, The Hateful Eight was hardly nominated for anything. It won Best Score, and it was nominated for Best Cinematography, uh-huh. but holy crap if it should not have won best screenplay
2: what what did get best
0: screenplay? screen uh, spotlight
2: oh okay Was that oh best original
0: yeah and like probably best supporting actress for Jennifer Jason Lee. I think she was nominated she was she's a monster in that freaking movie it's so freaking good
2: wait who won best leading actress
0: um Brie Larson for Room yeah okay not a whole lot of competition here.
2: I mean, uh, *Cape* Blanchett and *Carol* is great. I have not seen *Carol*. Oh, it's good. It's way good.
0: Okay. All right. Anything else we want to talk about about *Mad Max*?
1: I don't think so. I feel like this, this is awesome. definitely
2: like a kind of movie that I would love to just like watch one scene and then just like dissect it for twenty.
0: That'd be minutes. really fun, yeah.
2: But like, kind of, ov- like just talking about it overall it's kind of just like it's just awesome
0: it's just a series of incredible moments yeah Mm -hmm. all right well what kind of trivia do we have
2: i have a lot of cool trivia okay i will try and be fast um so editor margaret sixel had around 470 hours of footage to edit good heavens watching it took about three months um, yeah, over eighty percent of the effects are practical. Um, some of like CGI is used sparingly, mainly to enhance the landscape, remove stunt rigging, um, and for Furiosa's prosthetic arm. Um, the flame shooting guitarist, um, in an interview, he said that it weighed about one hundred and thirty pounds and shot oh, real gas powered flames, which he controlled with the whammy bar.
1: That's Oh, my gosh.
2: So cool. Oh, my gosh.
0: Oh that man. is awesome. I love that. Uh,
2: um, for the look of the film, George Miller wanted it to look as colorful as possible to kind of uh, different, differentiate from other post-apocalyptic movies, um, and it's amazing. Um, so, the editor, Margaret Sixel, is actually the wife of George Miller, and uh, people had asked him why he wanted his wife to do it and he said because if a guy did it it would look like every other action movie and it paid off and she won um so every time that one of the wives like their clothes would slip and they would be revealed tom hardy would never tell them directly instead he would act out a certain cartoonish eye popping out action for them <laughs>
0: <laughs> little oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> takes his glasses <laughs>
2: Um, Tom Hardy suffered a broken nose um, when Charlize Theron accidentally elbowed him. Um, so when they when they were writing the movie, they did the storyboard like before the screenplay, where pretty much George Miller like put out everything that he wanted to see, um, and pretty much almost everything that they did made it into the movie.
1: Nice, that's cool.
2: Um, the older actresses playing the Vovolini uh do their own stunts um
0: what about the girl who's eight months pregnant does she actually get thrown out of a car
2: you know she's a a highly ranked model so i would guess probably not
0: Mm.
2: it'd be cool though
0: what's the model (laughs) ranking
2: i don't know she's just famous (laughs) as a model so she's married to jason statham Hmm. yeah um Counting the opening voiceover and discounting any grunts, Max has a total of fifty-two lines. (laughs) Oh jeez. Okay. Um, So discounting any grunts. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so after this movie came out, a bunch of like color-mist cake decorating stuff on Amazon started getting new reviews, and it's just like people pretending to be like the war boys and the morton joe and i I looked through a few of them so let me tell you some of my favorites um okay this one says
0: wait what is this a review for
2: it's for like a um like a silver spray for cake oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) um
0: And that's what they use in the film, I guess.
2: I have no idea if they actually used it. Um, But it's
1: edible and silver.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So one of them is, Do not, my friends, become addicted to Wilton's silver color, Miss Tupac. It will take hold of you and you will resent its absence. (laughs) And then this one. The product works exactly as I wanted it to. It was a little drying on the skin due to the ethanol and propellants. But not so much that it will distract you from attaining glory. <laughs> and then this one pros shiny chrome cons may not guarantee entrance to Valhalla. <laughs> um. Let's see, oh, so all of the night scenes were filmed in bright daylight, deliberately overexposed and color manipulated, um, and then a lot of the skies were uh, digitally replaced with more detailed, interesting skies. Hmm. Um, So apparently George Miller and Charlize Theron really didn't get along with Tom Hardy during filming, Um, said that he was difficult to work with, but he publicly apologized at the Cannes film premiere. So, you know, he's got his ups and downs, but we still Good guy,
0: Tom Hardy. (laughs)
2: Um, Okay, so on location, the stunt double for Charlize Theron and the stunt double for Tom Hardy met and fell in love which is beautiful. That is beautiful. And, um, okay. The actress, Riley Keough, uh, who played Capable, the one with the red hair, she met her future husband, who was also a stuntman on the movie. Hmm. So, wow. Fury Road, bringing people together.
0: Just another, uh, notch in its belt there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, writer and feminist, uh, Eve Ensler, uh, was consulted to enhance the portrayal of female characters. which I thought was, really smart of them and really awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Tom Hardy had a dog as a kid named Max that he named after Mad Max and then obviously he became Mad Max himself.
0: Wait, really? He played Mad Max?
2: Yeah, you didn't know that? Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I think you need to rewatch the movie. You missed a few things. Must. Um. So, for Max's backstory, um, he actually lost his family when they were killed in the midst of the chaos of a nuclear attack. Hmm. Um, so, filming lasted 120 days, and the film runs 113 hours. So, pretty much you could say that about one day equals one minute of the movie. Um, the film was subject to extreme criticism from various conservative and anti-feminist commenters who were angry that Max himself was not the primary protagonist. Um, there was one...
0: Wah! <laughs> wah.
2: <laughs> there was one... Um, Kind of panel that i saw where one guy was asking tom hardy and he was like at any point did you just like wonder to yourself like why is this all about women why am i not more central to the to the movie and tom hardy was just like no and then that was it <laughs> 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 no like it's it's a movie with my name on it but it's not about me i thought it was great
0: that's some, that's some next-level re- going on there. <laughs> Jeez, little whiny babies. Uh,
2: with the exception of Max and Nux, all of the male characters are villains. Conversely, all the female characters are good. Um, and Max and the main antagonist in and Joe never directly interact with each other. Also, the guy who played in and Joe played Toe Cutter in one of the the previous Mad Max movies, who was also a villain. <laughs> so you is wrong. Uh, body count 110, 34 killed by Max, 32 killed by Furiosa. And, yeah, so as I was saying before we recorded this, the character of Valkyrie, the one who's like up in the tower, um, she was supposed to live, but she became pregnant during production, so she had to leave, so they just killed off her character. Um, unfortunately, they have announced, fortunately, they have announced a sequel to this, but unfortunately Charlie's Theron will not be in it. It will be focusing on Max. And... Great.
0: All you whiny crybabies can get your movie then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that is some of the best trivia I have for That was best. some good trivia. That was a really good trivia. Some really good trivia for this one, because this is a really good movie. All
0: right. Let's close it out. Becca?
1: All right. Um, I don't know that I have a lot more to say about the movie. I think it's just amazing. And I think it does what it's trying to do really perfectly. Um, That being said, I don't think this is a perfect movie for me. Because. I think because maybe it lacks some of the. Well, I mean, it lacks that like it factor for me, I think. But. It's not as meaningful as some of my other 10s. It's just an awesome movie. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, I don't have really too much else to say unless I just went through the entire movie and just said what's awesome. Um, but I don't know. I don't feel like this is too much of a surprise, but this movie is a 10 out of 10 for me.
0: I knew that. Well, Yeah, this movie's great. Um, Oops, I almost typed out my thing before I said it. I can't give you guys a hint. Um, Yeah, this movie's great. I love it. Um, I agree uh, with both of you in a way um, in that it is fantastic. I don't think there's anything that would change about it. um, But I also don't think that it's quite a 10 for me. Um, Just looking at some of my other 10s, right? You got your black swans you got your blade runners her tree of life and i'm like you know what i'm just not sure if it if it hits that level so for me it's a 9.5 which lands me square in the middle of you two which means 9.5 that puts it in league with such films as midsummer and there will be blood
1: that's very fitting
0: that is why is that fitting
1: just because it's on the same level as those movies oh right okay
0: <laughs> i think you meant like some sort of poetic justice or something oh, wow. like that it's it's like just... how are those movies related at all
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it's just it sounds they're just, right they're, they're all the cool same level of awesomeness
0: yeah okay great um yeah other topics what you've been watching you said you don't have anything right becca
1: I did remember that we went and saw Jojo Rabbit.
0: We did go and see Jojo Rabbit.
1: That's the only one that I've watched in the last couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on I it? I loved it. Oh, I know. I guess there are a couple. Of, we've watched some movies. Yeah, we have. I forgot. I really, really, really enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. It's so good. Andrew pointed out after we watched it that it has a very Wes Anderson feel to it, which I just like... I guess I picked up on it because I loved it and yeah. I love Wes Anderson, but like I didn't connect the dots until he mentioned it. Yeah. Um, and then we went on a Wes Anderson kick after that.
0: It's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did quite enjoy Jojo Rabbit. Um, that was really my only issue with it was about halfway through. I realized that um, it really very heavily reminded me of moonrise kingdom Mm -hmm. and that was just a it was just a little bit distracting for me was all yeah i can see that um but i thought everybody did a fantastic job and i think uh, probably the biggest part is the final shot i'm not going to spoil it for anybody but the final shot of that of jojo rabbit is like intensely wes anderson yeah um, in the way that it's composed and the way that the character is behaving like it's just a very 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 wes anderson shot and so i ended the movie with that taste in my mouth of like oh this reminds me of wes anderson and then the themes of it and the way that the story is constructed remind me a lot of the way that it's done in moonrise kingdom
2: i mean i can definitely agree with that i'm I mean, I love Wes Anderson and I love his style, but like, it's hard to say that he like owns a style. It's true. And that Taika Waititi is like copying it. I feel like it does have a very similar feel, and like the way that a lot of the shots were composed are similar. But it's also kind of like, just because something's symmetrical and in the middle, like, doesn't exactly mean that it's only for Wes Anderson to do. You know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even a lot of it was less generically wes anderson and more specifically moonrise kingdom Mm -hmm. yeah so
2: i mean it's kind of like a similar story of like two kids and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out the crazy world that they're in
0: yeah and like that contrasting like kid world versus adult world where the adult themes become more and more relevant to the kids as the movie moves on and the adults learn from the children and like all that kind of stuff it's a very good movie for sure don't let if you haven't seen it don't let my opinion take away from you
1: it, after Andrew pointed that out to me, it just made me love it more because yeah. I love Moonrise Kingdom. So I was like, all right. And that's totally yeah, fair. I, I like it more now.
0: <laughs> um, let's see. We watched uh, Dazed and Confused. What did you think? It was quite good. Right. It's very it's very later. Like, uh-huh. not a lot happens. Yeah. But it's really fun to watch it happen. Okay. Um, watched The Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Gosh darn joy. <laughs> that movie's so freaking good. I just wanted to sit down and watch it again immediately after watching it. It's...
1: That was fun. I mean, I wasn't really watching it with you. I was just sitting there doing homework, but oh my gosh, I it kept is, getting engaged with it. It and...
0: is just Tarantino firing on all cylinders, man. Like, every single one of his strength is played, too. The screenplay is incredible. Samuel Jackson is phenomenal. Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Leigh, uh, Channing Tatum, they're all just absolutely phenomenal in this movie. Um, yeah, hatefully is fantastic. Uh, we watched a Green Room. Ooh, what'd you think it was interesting yeah it's very gruesome
2: yeah that one's brutal for sure it
0: was it was fine
2: mm-hmm. wait I, I don't remember this
1: <laughs> bar in what the woods it?
0: with nazi patrick stewart and they get, the kid gets his throat ripped out by the dog
1: how come i don't i i swear i do not remember this
0: the band their punk band oh right right, right, and right, they right, go play a show okay. at a bar in the woods <laughs> Got it. and it turns yes. out to be a bunch of nazis and they witness a murder okay and then they all get killed
1: yes i'm sorry i can't think about the last three weeks jeez i think um, that's when i was sick
0: yeah i also I- went and saw dr sleep what'd you think it was good yeah that's it
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> it didn't like do a disservice
0: no i don't think so okay um it was good. It was really interesting to see them explore more the powers of The Shining uh-huh. in different people and like how it affected them differently and the different things they were able to do. Mm-hmm. It's basically a superhero movie. Okay. But it was cool. Um, then we watched The Life Aquatic.
2: You were there for that. I was there. Thank you for <laughs> reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> and then
0: we watched Royal Bombs.
2: Oh, that one's so good.
0: Quite good. Those are all the movies that we watched.
2: Okay. Um, I rewatched Galaxy Quest. And I will say that that's probably one of my favorite um, Sam Rockwell roles. I've never seen it. It's so funny. Ugh, it's so great. And he's he's amazing in it. Um, I watched, like I said, all the Star Wars. And they were fine. Now I feel like people can't get mad at me if I say I haven't seen them.
0: Yeah, Star Wars is not that good. <laughs> Force Awakens is the best Star Wars movie. <laughs> and I think it's by a wide margin. <laughs> That's that's a, that's a uh, the Star Wars nerds are gonna come for me for that. Oh one. yeah, they're they're coming for all of that. That's though. a bad opinion to have with Star Wars nerds, but I think that I think Force Awakens is by far the best Star Wars movie.
2: Um, I watched Ford v Ferrari. It yeah. was
0: pretty good. Is it what I expect it to yeah, be? Yeah,
2: pretty much. Like okay. it's a it's a biopic. It was mm. fine. You know, good performances from Christian Bale and Matt Damon. But I just
0: I just have zero interest in seeing that
2: movie. I I didn't have a whole lot of interest in it, but. Like we just didn't really have anything else to do. Yeah. So
1: the last trailer that. we saw for it was decent. Okay, yeah, we
0: saw a trailer for it for Jojo Rabbit. I was like, that trailer makes the movie look good.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was good. Entirely too long, two and a half hours. Good heavens, yeah. no, thank you. Jeez. I don't need that in my life. Um, yeah, it was fine. Um, my review for it on Letterboxd was that's some okay boomer shit. Because <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, we're Americans, we have to beat out these Italians and <laughs> yeah. um, and then I watched The Wrestler and it was fantastic oh that movie's so it's good so good Ugh,
0: that movie is probably as good as Black Swan
2: I will promise it's pretty close it was so good and like Mickey Rourke in it he's amazing uh,
0: The Wrestler folks as long as we were talking about this earlier The Wrestler is absolutely a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. that movie is just i can't even explain how good that movie is yeah.
2: that was one i was like kind of not super excited to watch like i knew it was good but i also knew it was going to be a bit of a slow one but i started watching it and before i knew it i was like more than halfway and i was just totally engaged with it
0: oh my gosh like oh so uh, it's such a toss-up on um i just lost his name the director
2: Darren Aronofsky.
0: Darren Aronofsky. It's it really is a toss-up for what's his best film between that and Black Swan.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that one was so good. And just like the character of Graham oh is so incredible. Yes. It's so interesting. Um, and then I watched Million Dollar Baby. How was that? It's pretty good.
0: All right. Know,
2: nothing too much else to say. Um, and then we watched uh the new Netflix movie Klaus. Um. It's like a new Christmas movie animated, and mm. it was so cute. I cried. Of course. Of course I did. <laughs> and it was it was really cute, and I highly recommend it for the upcoming Christmas season. Well, all right then. And that's pretty much everything that I've seen.
0: All right. Great. Well, folks, we appreciate you. And for those of you who have been with us for this whole time, we appreciate you for sticking with us for 50 episodes. Yes. We did it. Um, it only took us like two years. <laughs> No, not that long. Your, year, and your, half. year and a half. Year and a half. Um, but yeah, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. If you need to get in contact with us for any reason, you can email us at contact at wewatchpodcast.com or you can slide into the DMs on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at WeWatchPodcast. That'll be all for us today. We thank you. We love you. Tell your mom about the podcast. My name is Andrew.
1: I'm Becca. I'm Sid.
0: And we'll catch you on the next one.
1: Bye. Bye.